Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, Deirdre, right? Deirdre. Deirdre. That's right. Okay. You're going to have to forgive me because like <laughs> I have, like I'm from, so my family's Polynesian. So I'm, I'm used to like the different spelling names, but yeah, I can't, I can't pronounce them. I can't even pronounce some of the Hawaiian cousins I have still. I'm like, okay, you're just gonna, you're just cousin now <laughs> to my family. You know what I mean? Well, cool. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining me. Finally, uh, we've, played a little cat and mouse with this, but I'm really glad that we were able to do it because you have a really cool product that you're working on right now, Cap Show. Um, but why don't you uh, introduce yourself, let us know like what you do and uh, and kind of how you got here. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Deidre Shen. Uh, I am the CEO and co-founder of Cap Show. So it is the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter, uh, which I am so excited to be launching and we're launching that June 1st. Uh, in terms of, gosh, do you want me to start with my whole journey? Is that, <laughs> is that what you want me to get into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know that Cap Show, when we talked before, isn't your, fir- isn't your first um, venture yeah. into entrepreneurialism, right? No. As an entrepreneur, yes. right? So yeah, I mean, like, how did you get to this point? Oh my gosh, I had a very, very varied <laughs> and diverse uh, experience in entrepreneurship. So I started almost a decade ago. Uh, and the first business that I started, it was with my then boyfriend slash partner, now husband. And uh, he, we started a dessert bar. So, so random, but <laughs> you, might be awesome. top of, yeah, you might be able to talk about my accent. I am Aussie. So we <laughs> grew up in Sydney and um, it was, okay. So by way of background, like my, you know, first migrant family, you know, I'm Asian, obviously. So, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up in that typical, like get good grades, um, <laughs> do the right thing, go to a good school, you know, climb yeah. the, get into, well, my parents wanted me to become a doctor. That didn't happen, <laughs> but it was at least like, you know, it was, that was the path that I was on. Right. Um, yeah. And so I was doing all those things and I was actually, so I studied, instead of studying medicine, I studied the law. Um, degree uh, went into investment bank banking um, and basically you know the the path for me and for a lot of my friends was like to climb the corporate ladder that was you know the next step for us now my boyfriend at the time he was studying medicine uh, and anyway we went through we got to this point of like what life crisis and we were like I don't for me I was like I don't want to be in corporate and for him he was like I'm miserable yeah studying medicine so we were like okay what does that mean what's next for us uh we had just moved out and he um actually started cooking and especially baking he, he really fell in love with baking and I love my desserts so he was always perfecting sort of my favorite desserts uh for me and from that we were like maybe we should try this maybe this is the thing that we can do so that's how we fell into essentially hospitality into a brick and mortar business of which we had absolutely no background in like <laughs> nothing I didn't even we didn't not both of us we didn't even work casually in a restaurant <laughs> or anything like that it was so random anyway so we opened um it's called the chalk pot and uh you know again we opened it and it was like we knew that it was the best thing 
ever since sliced bread, right? And so we were like, yes, we're going to build it and they will come. And you know how that ends up because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it and they didn't come. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we spent months and months like trying to figure this thing out, trying to figure out this whole marketing thing. Like how do you actually get the word out there? Yeah. Um, now, fast forward, obviously, we, we managed to figure, like we were just throwing everything um, at it and we, we did manage to figure it out and we built that brand, so the Chocpot, to five locations in Sydney. Uh, we opened a burger restaurant alongside that called Stacks Gone Burgers. So we have had two of those locations. Um, and then 2018, end of 2018, uh, so we started, we opened that business 2013. End of 2018, we actually found out that one of our store managers of our busiest store had been stealing from us um, and he'd been oh, stealing no. from us for years. Yeah, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my was- gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, it was ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. so at the time, obviously, you never want something like that to happen. But looking back, it was like, I'm actually grateful in a weird way that it, that it happened yeah. because it was what we needed, I think, to snap us out of, in a way, like this hamster wheel that we had built for ourselves, because we very much were, again, on that path of, okay, we're just going to keep growing it and growing and growing it. But when we had this, like, when we were snapped out of it, it was like looking at everything again, going, is this what we want to be doing? Like, is this actually the path that we want to be on? Uh, And for me, I've always wanted to live and work overseas. And so it just didn't, I was like, I don't think this is what I want to be doing and focusing on. Yeah. Uh, so at, at the time, I was actually exploring another uh, idea with another co-founder. So it was in fashion technology. And I was like, yeah, effort. Like, I'm just, we're just going to move. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. We're going to move. Uh, and I was like, what better place than New York City for the intersection of fashion technology? So I was like, we're going there. And because every other time I've come here, I've loved it as well. So yeah. it just made sense. And my husband was super supportive. He's like, yep, let's do it. We'll figure it out. Uh, and when I spoke to my co-founder, yeah, she, first we were like, we can make it work, etc. But then at the end, in the end, I was just like, do you just want to come? Like, you may as well. And so she came as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Holy cow. Yeah. So mid 2019, sorry, that's the sirens of New York City. Uh, mid 2019, yeah. we packed up our bags. Uh, we sold literally everything. And we just, we actually had to prepay rent. <laughs> we prepaid rent for a year here. That was pretty much all of our savings. Yeah. Because we had no credit Whoa. score. We had nothing. We had no history. So we were like, okay, well, if we want to get a place, uh, we'll, prepaid it prepaid it and uh so that was kind of also our timeline we're like okay we have a year to make this work wow Uh, that's cool (laughs) holy cow that's cool though wow yeah it was insane i'm like and you i don't know i don't know if you can tell this but this is not i would not in a million years have imagined this me doing this you know i am the you know you you do some things a certain way, you know, you get, again, it's overachiever, all those things that I have a plan and to suddenly just be like, okay, there's really no plan. It's kind of just a timeline. There's a semblance of something that we're going to do. It was yeah. a complete 180. 
so yeah, so we landed in New York mid-2019 and we hit the ground running. We were like, we were speaking to a hypothesis for the fashion technology idea was that our customers would be either college students or young professionals. So we hit Columbia Uni, NYU campuses, Wall Street. We just started speaking to women. And from that, we worked out that the while there was a problem there that we were trying to solve for, the problem itself wasn't big enough for us to have, we just didn't have the runway to make mm-hmm. it work. So we actually failed that idea. Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like, so you're like, at this point, you're like a year in, well, uh, we or no, actually, not a year in, but like you're, you're in that process yeah. and you're like, yes. oh my gosh, like this yeah. is going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we were probably about, at the time, maybe four months in. Uh, and yeah, we were just like, uh, this, yeah, what do we do? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So the reason why we came over here is not going to be the thing anymore. So what now? Uh, oh, so we kind of had to, we really had to think about, okay, what do we, what resources do we have essentially? So we'd been speaking. So based on the customer side of it, we were like, okay, there's probably not going to be big demand there. Not enough to make this work. Uh, you know, out of the straight out of the gate. So instead, we turned to the other side of the marketplace, which were brand and, brands and boutiques. And when we were talking to them, they were like, "Acquisition, acquisition. That's the number one problem. The number one thing that we need help with." So we're like, "Okay, why don't we just maybe we go down more of a traditional like agency path to help them with that?" And so that's what we ended up doing because we just needed to do something. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll just cobble this thing together. Uh, and so we actually started an agency, which was again, insane. Uh, and from there, we actually transitioned into coaching, uh, because we didn't want to scale an agency business. Uh, we wanted to, we, you know, we just with overheads and things like that, that was just not what we wanted to do personally. So we transitioned it into coaching instead. Um, we built that into a multiple six figure business. And then I pretty much decided that I wanted to burn that to the ground. <laughs> so <I was> just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And so the reason why, there is a reason why, like, I think I, um, yeah, it was really interesting. It, this was probably mid-ish to end of last year, actually, uh, where I just was feeling like we were constantly chasing. Uh, I just didn't, I just didn't like, I didn't have words to put around it, but it was like, I just wasn't feeling quite fulfilled. I wasn't feeling quite happy, content even with, you know, what it was that we were we were doing and, and the pace that we were going all of that these things anyway so I was at um Funnel Hacking Live so this was Russell Brunson's event oh yeah 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 and he had Tony Robbins speak on the last day uh and there was something that just the one thing that Tony said and I was like I think this is the reason why and so he was talking about um finding fulfillment and happiness which is so it was so it felt so you know like everything's in place <laughs> yeah right right and he was saying like he was talking about the patterns of focus and so one of the patterns of focus that uh, he spoke about was in, in finding happiness or fulfillment is when we can focus on what we have rather than what's missing. And I think for me, that clicked into place because everything that we were doing, that I was doing for the coaching business, I was constantly so focused on what was missing. Like what were the gaps in myself? What were the gaps in my knowledge, in my expertise and all these things I was constantly chasing. Um, and that's why I think I just found myself burnt out. I felt found myself overwhelmed. Um, and so I was like, I think this is, you know, but what I do have is I am this like actually massive introvert who still 
you know, almost despite that or whatever, <laughs> was able to climb the corporate ladder, was able to grow brands, was able, even though I hated promoting myself, even like all these things I could still do. And that's pretty remarkable in and of, in, you know, for, for me. And so I was like, as I was sharing these stories and stuff, I was like, this is what I want to help people do. I want to be able to help them find their remarkability and share it in a way that connects them with the audience. So that was actually what birthed the first iteration of Cap Show. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So the first iteration, let me just tell you, it's it's kind of a little bit different. It's, it's wild. <laughs> so when we launched Capture end of last year uh, in its very, very MVP form, it was basically what it did was it would have some prompts. You would fill it out to essentially prompts to help elicit your story. Mm-hmm. And it would turn those into a bank of captions and emails. Um, so that's what that did. Yeah. And when we launched it, we were like, this is amazing. This is going to help all entrepreneurs. <laughs> and <laughs> again, you can imagine how well that goes. When yeah, you're trying yeah, to yeah. something. Right? <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so that was like cardinal mistake number two that we made. Uh, was, you know, trying to talk to every everyone. Yeah, and right. So- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's so tough, though, not to get caught in that kind of thing, because you're like, yeah, who wouldn't use this? Right. And you're like, well, it's a good idea, but you got to start somewhere. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Which is exactly what uh, our coach uh, told us when we were like, this is going to be a five minute conversation. Uh, You know, we just need to it's just in our messaging. We just need to it's, it's our title. There's something there's something off about it. And so that five minute, five minute conversation ended up being like (laughs) an hour of him basically just being like, you've got it, like you've got an issue down. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And we resist, we, we emotionally resisted that because we were like, but this thing can help so many people, Uh, entrepreneurs, but in the end, because we're very coachable, it's like, okay, fine. We'll niche down. Um, and so through a process, it just came back to, and isn't this funny, right? Like we go, we always are like, I don't know what my niche is, well, but it always ends up coming back to who we are and what it is that we do. And yeah. so for me, I am an expert who podcasts. And so it made total sense to target that niche, to start speaking to experts who podcast. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So that's. And the implications of the back of that was that, yeah, everything had to change, not only our messaging, but actually even our product, our, our software now. So that's why I'm so excited about this new iteration of Cap Show because it essentially does what we wanted to set out to do, which is, you know, to, to help entrepreneurs, now a smaller subset of entrepreneurs, you know, experts who podcast, to yeah. tell their stories in a really efficient, quick, but super high quality way. Um, and so that's, that's, what yeah, doing. no, I like that because, well, and first of all, amazing story. Like that's what, that's what I love about it is because so many people listen to this and they just think, you know, they listen to a big podcast and they're like, oh yeah, but like Russell Brunson, you know, he's where he's at now and stuff like that. But it's cool mm-hmm. to like get everyday entrepreneurs because you get to hear those stories and those are like real and they're fresh and like, look, this is it, right. This is actually how it goes. <clears throat> and not to say like, any of those entrepreneurs didn't go through that, but now you see him and it's like, well, yeah, but he's where he's at. You know what I mean? It's just, they kind of like, they're kind of like not real in a sense. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh, that's a fun idea. Russell Brunson's a fun idea, you know? Um, So I love the, I love hearing that story. And, and as a podcaster, I mean, I can definitely attest to the fact that like show notes are a pain, (laughs) like, 
transcriptions are a pain. And like, especially because I do like long form interviews. And so everybody's mm-hmm. like, you should do transcriptions. And I'm like, man, that would be really long. <laughs> like, yes. how about just like a quick, like 500 word. What's up, everybody. I want to introduce you to a new piece of software that is launching soon. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Capshow. Capshow is the first AI powered podcast copywriter for expert podcasters. This software turns your audio file into a headline, into show notes, into uh, captions, social media captions, promotional email. It even provides you a transcript to put in the show notes or your website for more SEO. Their beta is launching on June 1st, and I want you to join me for the beta version. The link to join if you're an expert podcaster is in the description below, so make sure that you go check that out. This will be the best decision you've ever made if you're an expert podcaster. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by none other than EmpatheticSelling.com. EmpatheticSelling.com is for founders and salespeople and business owners who want to generate more leads, win more customers, and go further in their business. Empathetic Selling gives you access to all of my videos and training courses on selling and lead generation. It gives you special access to our Discord community and weekly live events held by me with our community so that we can answer your questions in real time and get you rolling in the right direction with your business. So for only $47 a month, you can start leveling up. Go to empatheticselling.com, links in the description below and in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, please join. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Thank you so much. Or something like that description of the podcast. Uh, but then I couldn't even do that because I yeah. just like I just don't have time, right? Yes. Uh, but that's cool though, because um, yeah. that would help. I mean, that helps a lot of places, right? Like podcast SEO, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the big, bigger guests I've had like require that you put it on your website and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of like usability there. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. But, but your first idea was to help all entrepreneurs. And I don't know if I missed this or, or, or what, but your first idea was to help all entrepreneurs just get that out there. Like what was the original, like, like the original cap show iteration? Yeah. So it was basically, we would um, elicit their story. Um, again, it was more written. So it would be, so we would, it was kind of like, uh, we had a user describe it as a merging of like Mad Libs and journaling kind of thing. So oh, we would cool. okay, yeah. prompt, yeah. And then they would, you know, fill, fill out. Um, it was like super MVP because it was super painful. I'm going to be honest, because even when I was trying to like, I built it for me, you know, as we, a lot of us do, we build the yeah. things that we wanted to use ourselves. Right. And even though I knew that the output was really good, it was still a painful process to go through. Cause it was like, Oh, and then what did you do? And, uh, and then what did you do? And then what, you know, like it's a painful process, but it was yeah. necessary because we needed to somehow elicit, you know, cause we can't read your mind. So it was like, right. we had to, this was a way to get the information. And then we would get that information. Um, and it was very rudimentary, so it was more rules-based. It would actually uh, kind of muddle it up and spit out a whole bunch of captions, so social media captions uh-huh. and emails. That was the first go at it, first go at capture. Wow, that's crazy. And and I mean, like I said, I, I think that for podcasters in general, um, and especially experts who podcast, because there's a lot of them, right? But podcasting is such a great medium. Like now you can, 
uh, a lot of audio. I think podcasting is kind of trending more towards video now, but, um, but it's still great. Like having that, having that ability to like see and, and still read because people still read. Like that's why yes. we have direct market copywriting <laughs> like, yes. exactly. because, yeah. because people skim, you know, yeah. and, uh, and so you still need that kind of skim ability with a podcast. Uh, because the other thing is, is like with videos, like that I've learned with like social media is you still need, and this is just kind of going to the point of like, like, you know, writing and, and people still reading because videos with captions still do better than ones without captions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, and that's just, to me, I was like, okay, we've kind of come full circle, right? I don't <laughs> want to read anything. I want to watch something, but I don't want to watch it with sound. So I want to read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just okay. need to make the thing. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what? I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this uh, as like a little side note. But Facebook just released that they got rid of their podcasting. Yeah. Thing. Interesting. What do you, yeah. What do you make of that? Like, what, what is your thought? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming because obviously Facebook will always test things because they want to be able to earn as much as possible. Uh, yeah. But I think that they, you know, the, what they're also good at is probably realizing when, <laughs> what people actually use their platform for. Yeah. Uh, and I, don't think because even when they did release it to be like yeah we're gonna you know put your podcast and I was like oh this is interesting okay well let me try it because you never know but it was just it just kind of didn't really make sense like I think that the reason why they got into it was because they could see how much podcasting was growing yeah. um, and they wanted to see if they could get a slice of that pie as they always do but yeah. I think very quickly it was like they are probably not the platform that people <laughs> right. go to you know, there is yeah. now Spotify is just blowing up in terms of becoming, you know, the yeah. go-to destination. Um, so you can't, yeah. And well, no one's yeah. going on Facebook searching for podcasts. Like that's no, just not. No, no. You don't find, well, and I did some market research once. I was like, all right, if you were going to listen to a brand new podcast, how would like, how would you find that new podcast? Like what would make you listen to a new podcast? And almost everybody was like, like a referral. Like it's mainly just like referral mm -hmm. based, yeah. you know, like I heard about this from a friend, so I'll listen to it. Yes. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, Cause I don't know. I've never typed into Google, like fun podcasts to listen no. to. I've yeah. always just been like, oh, somebody's like, you got to listen to this. You got to check this out. I'm like, all yeah. right, cool. I will. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? And so the, just the trends with podcasting are interesting. You brought up Spotify. That's a behemoth right now with, mm -hmm. with everything. They're buying up podcasts. They're renewing special podcasts. Although the Barack Obama, Michelle Obama podcast didn't get renewed with them. Yeah. 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 They, they, whatever happened there, they didn't come to an agreement there, but it's interesting. Okay. So uh, one thing that's kind of been on my mind, my mind, and I know you work in this space a lot um, is like, exiting a podcast or like have, have you heard of like this idea of like what's the end game with a podcast like do you like can you sell it or like like how does spotify pick which ones to buy um yeah. and obviously like this would be you know but i've also heard of podcasting like i also heard of a podcast that had a very specific niche and this big sales tech company bought the podcast because they then they because of all of the listeners who were exact like the listeners and the and the uh, company's audience matched up, 
and they ended up buying it. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do you even do that? Like, what are the, what does the contract of that look like? Cause you can't buy the podcast and then get rid of the hosts or something like that. Cause the whole whole reason I listen to it is because like your podcast, like I listen to it because of you. Like if, if if the titles stay the same and you left, I'd be like, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, just to um, talk about that. Cause I was listening to, uh, uh, gosh, he's a host of, um, of a show on NPR and he was saying, and I mean, I, NPR is very different, um, obviously, sure. but he was like, they can actually, if you can come up with a really great formula for the show, um, like they have, then it, they can actually interchange hosts and they don't drop in listeners because the, the formula is so strong. Um, so okay. the way that they do things is just very, you know, um, so that's potentially anyway that was just to as an aside yeah no that no, that's a great point so like yeah like um if you're doing like maybe a news kind of thing or um you know what though i even listen to it because like i think about that in like my setting like interviewing guests right mm-hmm. um it's but but i've actually seen other podcasts like exchange guests like they have one main host but then he he changes out five or six or eight different co-hosts every time he interviews people and i'm like okay yeah i mean i still listen to that one because it's fun yeah. you know, like who, did, who did he bring on to co-host this time <laughs> yeah yeah okay exactly. but yeah but yes continue with your your idea yeah and then um and then on the so if you do sell it i mean the great thing about selling it, it's kind of like if you sell a company um a lot of times it's in the contracts that you know the the founder um or whoever stays on and actually works almost like an employee so they get a big payout, which is great. Um, and uh-huh. then they just stay on. So that could potentially, potentially be another option if, um, you know, you get this great payout for all of the time and effort that you put in to build this audience. And yeah. then you just stay as an employee and get paid, you know, a salary. Uh, for <laughs> <how long laughs> is, you know. Yeah, for, yeah, that's true. I've seen yeah. that on Shark Tank where they're like, well, buy. I actually saw that one where the uh, Robert bought a, bought a company and right there and he was like and i'll keep you on for whatever at a six-figure salary and yeah. you know so you get a big payout on the and the job exactly <laughs> I exactly like, i was like oh wow that's not bad huh that's cool yeah. so yeah. that's that's cool because i feel like if you're talking about experts in podcasting a lot of entrepreneurs in podcasting yeah and you talk about like companies right so there's a few ways that that you plan for your company but i would have you know a lot for a lot of people it's like exiting it you know it's like okay Mm -hmm. eventually we're gonna you know sell this or we're gonna like have somebody else run it for a while or something like that right yeah yeah so so what but but i'm curious like what do you think a good plan like strategy for like if somebody's going to start a podcast today Mm. what kind of strategy would you like implement with them like if you were if you're gonna like all right this is what we're gonna do let's assume they have everything right like how do you how do you formulate like a long play with them? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, a long play in terms of uh, what how they're going to monetize their podcast. Yeah, maybe yeah, monetize it or like what's the end game? Like for me, yeah. like this is like a hobby for me. I'm like I'll yes. just do this until I whatever whatever <laughs> happens. something happens. I don't know. Yeah, yeah whatever happens. Yeah, <laughs> if somebody yeah. like if somebody swoops up and wants it or whatever, like. I think it's just fun though, but, but some people take it really seriously. Some people are like, yeah. nope, this is a business. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. It's so super interesting. Cause I, I think like definitely even the journey that I've been on has been a very uh, step change journey. So when I started my first podcast, uh, it was just basically to, for a few reasons, being more, find my voice, build credibility, 
clear networks, right? And yeah. I would say that whenever I speak to any experts who podcast, like those are pretty much the main reasons why a lot of them start a podcast. But then very quickly, especially if you're very um, ROI or economically minded, like I am, I look at the time that I'm spending on it. And I'm like, okay, I now need an ROI from this. <laughs> like I need, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, I need some kind of return. And so that's when you know the change in me was like, okay, how do I now use the my podcast very intentionally to generate leads, generate leads or convert sales, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of right. you know, um, and so. So that's what, you know, it's kind of like the strategies then to, to, to do that. And then it was like, okay, now I've like generating leads and, and um, you know, using it to convince sales. If I want to, if I want to use this as a lead gen machine, I need to actually send traffic to it. And so then it mm. becomes about how do we actually grow that podcast um, in, a, in a meaningful way. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like almost my journey <laughs> through, <laughs> you know, through the, the, my, like through podcasting. Um, and so that's kind of what I've, and it's starting a podcast for any reason is fine. Like, you know, but I think it's, it definitely does become like, once you have done it for a while, I think to your point, to your question, then is like, okay, then what's the end game? I think yeah. it's very hard to start a podcast unless you are doing it for the podcast because a lot of us don't have that time right a lot of us because we are experts with podcasts we have another business like there's a whole right. other business that we're trying to create. <laughs> right. yeah that's true yeah that's accurate yes yeah yeah so we don't actually have the time to also be putting that much like thinking of our podcast as a business unless we go into it right with that in mind the first go yeah yeah, I because I get that too. Because like this is just like a hobby for me, but I interview a lot of like like entrepreneurs like yourself, and uh, and yeah, everybody like and everybody just kind of assumes, which is fine with me. They're like, oh, you must be like, you know, full time, whatever. Like, uh, no, like I do have a nine to five, <laughs> and so it's like, oh man, you know, uh, nope, this is my entrepreneurial journey, but it's cool. Like I get to I get to apply all of the things that you know, cause I work with business, like in my nine to five, I work with businesses mm. and I see all of the, like the strategies and, and um, things like that, how they grow their business. And it's like almost directly applicable to like a podcast, yes. like as far as like growing your audience, you know, cause you like growing your audience and then how do you monetize? And then, you know, is it sustainable? Do we need to, do we need to switch and things like that? And yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just really cool. So what got you into podcasting? What, what made you, I mean, you know, like you were, you mentioned a few things earlier, but but then, but, but there's a lot of ways to like find your voice and, and meet yeah. cool people, you know what I mean? So, but podcasting is a little unique. Yeah. So I think generally, if we think about like finding your voice, it's going to come down to some form of long form content. I am not a writer. Uh, you can fully tell, which is why I need to build something that actually <laughs> writes for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, sure. So I was sure. like, okay, blogging is not the thing. I, um, I'm okay with video, but it's not my go-to medium. And, and honestly, like I don't, I actually don't spend that much time on the likes of YouTube, but I do actually, I am a, a, you know, I do listen to podcasts. Like I'm a consumer podcast. So I was like, Hey, well, that makes the most sense for me. And I think that's where a lot of us start, right? Like, what is it that we naturally gravitate towards and consume? Um, so yeah. So for me, it was like, when I was like, okay, it could either be blog, YouTube, podcasting, other three main things I was like okay well I'm gonna podcast yeah, right, <laughs> give right, that a go right. yeah yeah uh, and when I say give it a go it lit- I literally mean give it a go in terms of like 
I had no idea what to do really. Like I just bought yeah. this like $53 microphone off Amazon. We're like, oh, I think I need something. Um, and, you know, when I look back at my old like titles and descriptions and stuff, I just, I just laugh about them because <laughs> it just it was so bad. Same here. Same here, by the way. Absolutely. All my guests were great, but I was like, oh, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Like, cause I hopped into like just a interviewing thing, but yeah, keep going. Like, so you just got into that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got into it and it was just literally like, okay, well, so at the time it was coaching e-commerce businesses. So I just started talking about different, I guess, strategies and, and a lot of it was growth and, and marketing. So it was like mm-hmm. different strategies and things that we were going through as a business as well. That was a right, lot of the okay. content. Um, so it was much more solo. Well, I had a co-host, so it was just pretty much a conversation between the two of us. Um, and then, yeah. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, okay, this is great. I, like it was really effective to, to find my voice, like to find the things I wanted to talk about and almost right, yeah. create the framework for how I was helping clients. Um, it really sort of clarified, it helped clarify that. Um, and it was really great because then when we started signing clients up, they would be like, oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. So it's such a great, it's such a powerful tool to actually convert sales so for anyone who's not convinced as such you know send them to a podcast because once they consume and they can see the value that you 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 bring in and, and the, your thought process and all that like it becomes almost a no-brainer for them um and I actually learned this uh or I should say it was further clarified when um I read Daniel Priestley's book called Oversubscribed and he talks about the seven hour rule mm-hmm. and um it was all about like you know, he, he even talks about like the how Japanese do business and stuff. And it's like, they don't even bring up business until they've spent a good amount of time together, whether that's dinners or golfing or whatever it is, because that bond, that connection, that no like trust that you, that you build in that time, when you then make a pitch or then when you then bring up business, it's like a no brainer because it's like, yeah, I'm just going to do business with a friend. Like we're so happy to do business with friends, right? Like, <laughs> Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I not, I, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Because this is an interesting topic. Actually, I love, I love where this is going. So yeah. I'm really, I'm really interested. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so, it kind of like it made sense then when we were signing up clients and they were like, "Yeah, I listened to your podcast," and that was kind of almost the, the thing that you know pushed them over the edge because they were banking up those seven hours with me. Um, and even when you think about, you know, a lot of, I guess, experts, coaches, consultants, things like that, um, uh, one of the, uh, vehicles that they get taught is what we call challenges. So like five day challenge or whatever. And it's such an effective way of actually converting someone from completely cold. So, you know, they've just signed up through a Facebook ad, for example, to actually closing them. It's so effective because they have actually spent seven hours with you by the time that challenge is done. Um, and it might have just been in the space of a week, but, you know, it's like a condensed amount of time. And so when I was thinking about things like that, I was like, yes, this is so true. So then my mind started thinking about, okay, how do I now get, so I've got this podcast, I'm creating this long-form content. And at the time, it didn't really matter to me whether it was growing or not, because it was just, again, a way for me to like, just talk out <laughs> my yeah, thoughts. Yeah, just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it started being like, okay, people are actually converting off the back of this. How do I now actually send more? Like, how do I actually grow it meaningfully? Yeah. And then through growing it, how do I actually be more intentional about having people listen to my episode, 
getting them to my show notes, getting them onto my email list, nurturing them from there, like getting them to my conversion event. That's then what I started becoming really, really interested in solving for. And that's essentially, I mean, in my first year of podcasting, we, yeah, as I said, we did a like multi six figure, we built a multi six figure business. And that's a lot of that was off the back of the podcast. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. and your business was at that time, was, was that coaching. the agency coaching? Yeah, it was a coaching business. Yeah. Oh, e-commerce. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, e- so e-commerce coaching. So like DTC kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I work for a, I work for an SMS marketing company right now that just oh, targets cool. Shopify DTC yes. brands. So that's a big one. Like, yeah, uh, that's where I got my idea. Like we should like, because that's where a lot of those got a lot of those founders of DTC brands live. They love podcasts. It's like, you know, I don't know. Podcast is like a, like pretty hipster thing to you know, say like that, you know, I listen to podcasts, you're like, okay, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting. Uh, what I think is interesting about that, because I'm so along with my podcast, I do a lot of like sales and business development consulting. And, but I specifically target um, retail and like commodities. Mm. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of see the because there's two sides of sales, right? Like, and I've done both of them, but I, but I lean more towards like the retail and commodities because that's where like the consumer, the seller consumer relationship is really like broken. Mm-hmm. Um, because right. Like if we go into like Best Buy or something, right. Like this would be a commodity. Like I yes. don't have to yeah. buy it from you. I can buy yeah. it wherever I'm just here for whatever. Yeah. Um, but then there's like the long side of, of, selling, which is what, which is a lot of like the seven hour rule, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're selling, yeah. Like if I'm selling a a million dollar piece of equipment, which I've done before, then yeah, I don't think I can do that on a one call close. You know what I mean? It is going to take me a little bit longer and it is going to be that seven hours, but it's just interesting. Like, because, you know, people have heard me on this podcast, talk about that, like that idea of like, if you're in retail or commodities, like you don't have a lot of time, like you don't have seven hours, right? Because if you don't buy uh, a TV from Best Buy, you're going to leave and go buy it from Amazon like that day, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I've done that before. Like I'm guilty yeah. of that. <laughs> so, so I'm just, so like for you in your coaching business, um, have you seen a lot of like success from like the challenges, like five day or 10 day challenges or whatever? Yeah, for sure. Um, How do you, how do you run, how do you run one of those? Like I do have a lot of like consultants and coaches listen, listen to this podcast. So I don't, I don't, yeah. Just curious if you're comfortable. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes into a challenge strategy. So I don't know if I, I'll just be scratching the surface, but um, it really comes down to, okay. So there's a couple of, it's, it always starts with, okay, what do you actually want to talk about? Or what do you want to teach in the, the, let's call it five days. It could be anything from like three days to 30 days really um, but five days is kind of the average and the, there's a couple of ways to think about it one is either as you, you give them an overview of your strategy of your framework so each day is like you know uh, but you know in an hour a day you can only cover so much so you're never going to be able to cover too much really uh, to give it all away I think that's a fear sometimes that we it's like oh, we're giving it all away uh, but it's actually impossible to give it all away because really you're okay. what you're giving away is like the what um not the how because the how is right like there's not enough time there's literally not enough time to, yeah. to do yeah. that which is why they need to you know buy your thing 
Um, so strategy, so covering the strategy is, is one um, thing that you can do. The other thing is that you actually um, give them sort of the, the first part of your framework and then you basically pitch for they have to buy to get the rest of the framework. Um, okay. if that makes sense. So that's kind yeah. of like two ways to think about either your overall strategy or just one piece that you, you pick out of your framework. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Okay. So that's the, like the content of a challenge. Um, and so you want it and then you, you know, piece it down to, to five days. Now, oh gosh, there's so many things that go into how to actually make a challenge work. And we've, you know, we've, <laughs> we've done a lot of them and we're constantly, we've constantly been iterating and testing them. Um, but essentially you have to make a pitch. I mean, that's a no-brainer. So sure. yeah. in a five-day challenge, we would make a pitch on like a day four um, and then sort of reiterate on day five. We would actually, even though we call it a five-day challenge, it would actually end up being more like eight or nine days with bonus sessions because you want to basically when you pitch, that's when your cart opens. And then it's, you know, you want to you want to give them a good amount of time, a, a few days to think about it and to ask the questions and et cetera. So yeah. you would close cart on like three or four days after. But in those yeah. three or four days, you want to be running bonus sessions and Q&A sessions and things like that to give more value um, and show them more of what it is that you can do and what it is that they would be buying um, yeah. if, they, if they bought. That's Did you cool. have any specific questions? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. But. Oh, no, no, no. I would Because I was just like... Um... I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of the challenges, but I've never like, I don't know. I'm, I've never just, I don't know, like all of the people that I've worked with, like mentors and, and coaches have been like, usually like around, around me. So it's like, okay, well, we're all just really close. So we'll just, you know, yeah. work together or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's interesting because I see them all the time and I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool, you know, but it's yeah. also like, oh man, I don't know. I, I just, I also just haven't really seen like any any challenges that I'm like excited about I did see yeah. one though I did see one cool. and that? it was like it well it was for an it was for a breathwork app and I, they had like a 10-day challenge and I was like all right well yeah I mean I like that because you could also do it for like th it was like three minutes a day yeah <laughs> so I was like okay I could do that but then like I got sold they sold me and I was like happy about it too. I had no problem. Right. <laughs> I was like, it's almost like you spent seven hours with them. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. But it's like, yeah. So I guess that's the other concept is like, yeah. Um, people feel like, all right, I have enough to make a decision. Right. Mm, exactly. What, what made the, like, what helped you the most with your sales or excuse me, with your coaching program that like really made it you know, what was the difference between the, the six figures and, and maybe just starting? Like what really turned it around for you? Oh, um, yeah, I think it was the coming together. I think this is the thing that, you know, when, whenever we start a business, um, we get so impatient because we're like, because we, we know that we've been thinking about it. We've been building the things for however right. long. But as soon as we launch it, it's like, yes, people are going to sign up, right? Like that's. Um, <laughs> I've been there. Yes, yeah. that's exactly the words that I've spoken before. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I think what we forget is that it does take a bit of time to build that momentum. And this is for all my businesses, you know, when I was talking about even the chalk pot and how, you know, when we, op mm -hmm. we, we opened it and we built it and they were calm and they didn't, um, <laughs> it kind of like, and then we started like, like putting all the things no there was no one thing that really just like made us that immediate overnight success like that's just not okay. how it works it's always going to be 
a, like a few things that just start to, in isolation, they either seem small or they could be big, but then when you bring them together with the other things, then it all takes off and that's what builds the momentum. Yeah. And then from there, it does literally feel like you, you became an overnight success because it's like, wow, like, yeah that's cool uh, because it's i like that a lot and, and it and that's what i also was hoping you would say because it's just so many people think like it's this one thing that they're missing like kind of like you were saying earlier right like it's one thing that they're missing or uh, you know what you focus on what you're missing but then if you just realize like you just you have a lot of time on your side to just like keep going and one day and just you know, that, that really is what makes it a, a successful thing. Yeah. Cause then like building a business is, is more about compounding than it is about, you know, throwing in like that example of like, you know, investing $300 a month does yes. better than investing a hundred thousand dollars at one time. Yeah. Totally. So, because yeah, because it compounds. Yes. Um, well, that's really cool. So, so tell us, so there are a lot of podcasters who listen to this as well. So tell us where we can find Cap Show, maybe how we can follow you and get involved with any of yours. Are you still coaching now or is it just uh, Cap Show? It's, we're focusing on Cap Show. There is, good, there is an, uh, like a, uh, what do I call it? Like a tier of Cap Show, um, the of membership, where we can, we, I will also be providing a bit of coaching and course course material and stuff oh, um that's, that's great yeah. Uh, so yeah so basically uh yeah you find get in touch with me so i'm uh, dg shen on any of the socials um that's my website as well capshow.com uh you can go check it out we are launching beta i'm not sure when this is going to go live this particular episode yeah. uh but regardless um you know if, if, if it's before june 1st then you can yes. get in on beta that starts june 1st uh, and that's basically free, uh, and it's for four weeks, free. Oh, and for wow. that, we just want like feedback. Uh, we just because we're just trying to build the best thing ever. Uh, <laughs> so, that's cool. I like so, that. Yeah. So, so that's coming, cool. get involved in beta for sure. Uh, this kind of it's a no-brainer, right? It's free. Yeah. You get to get all of your copy written for your podcast episode, like. <laughs> it's great though because i'm always like oh crap i gotta figure yeah. out how to, what to name this yeah. and i gotta figure out what to write in it but uh that's great okay cool so well thank you so much for being here i really appreciate your time and uh and yeah i'm glad that we were able to make this happen because i love this conversation yeah me too thanks so much for having me on absolutely